Episode 302, The Rant, Adam Zoni, certified basketball official, patiently waiting to make his mark. Like the rest of the world, Toronto, Ontario has been just as locked down as the next city or country. In this pod, we discuss him growing up in Canada, his love of sports, how he got into officiating, and trying to make the move to the States. Along with my co-host Bernard Bowen Sr. from B-Ball Referees, our conversation with Adam now. The Rant has been brought to you by Geo Studios, now open. They are located one block south of Westbury Train Station in the heart of Long Island, New York. Looking to bring your art or event to life? Trying to record a podcast? Enjoy six rooms of studio space to create audio and visual content. It also includes an 800-square-foot cyclorama wall studio, a state-of-the-art recording studio, three breakout rooms for four to six people each, which include a green room and lounges, a quality surround sound with six speakers and studio lighting, and most importantly, two on-site restrooms. You know I need my restrooms. Book your space today. For more information, find us at geoevents.com. The Rant has been brought to you by The Irrefutable Magazine. Co-editor in design Kevin Sparrick and co-editor at large Ralph Fernolis decided to combine both of their talents in writing and illustrations to bring to you a new online experience from an official's perspective. They both ref, but it's deeper than officiating. They create art for all time. Do you think your brand would be a good fit for The Irrefutable Magazine audience? Want to advertise with us? Visit us at theirrefutable.com slash sponsors for more information. We are the irrefutable. Welcome to another edition of The Rant. I'm your host, Ralph the Ref. I'm with my super special collaborator, eternal collaborator, Bernard Bowen Sr., live from Walden, New York. How are you, my friend? I am doing well. How are you? I'm a little sad that we uh, took a, a week off of not doing what we do uh, with our b-ball referees and referee rank collaboration, but I'm... Happy that you've been able to sprinkle your wisdom and your interrogation skills on these podcasts. And I must say, you are getting better in your podcasting skills. But we got somebody on the hot seat live from Canada. I think you're in Ontario, right? That's the province that you're in? Yes, sir. Yep. yep. Okay. Uh, basketball certified official, specifically in FIBA, Adam Zoni. How are you, my friend? Good, man. How are you doing today? I'm doing excellent, man. Well, first, before I ask any question, I, I wanted you to know, how did you catch wind of referee rent and how did you catch wind of what Bernard and myself have been putting together virtually? So with that being said, um, it all started, uh, let's say during the quarantine time around, um, say around March, April time. And, and, you know, especially from being on Diable zoom calls. And, and then I remember when, when the first time I seen Bernard being on the zoom on the, one of the zoom calls and, he just was so open and being curious to all officials say, Hey, you know, if you want to, I'm doing something special, please come on. And I was like, Oh, okay. You know what? Let me hit him up. And, and I, you know, I actually hit up Donnie Epley and then I went, went from there and, and then uh, I wanted to introduce myself to Bernard. And then, and then uh, from that point on, I just, every, every Thursday, I try to stay consistent to be on, being on you guys calls. So yeah, listen, we appreciate your support. We know that, you know, I, I think in terms of the decor of, of being, we see you in like a driveway, in, in a parking lot. We see you in your car. You're trying to figure out maybe I'm near like a, a, 
a light over here. So we, we appreciate that yeah. you take the time because that also shows that you have taken a commitment towards us. And, you know, that makes somebody like Bernard and myself, we feel good that we are rolling out a product that it makes you want to drive somewhere and stop and listen for two hours. So we appreciate that. How did you catch wind of referee ramp? I heard a podcast that you were doing that you were doing. And um, also it came down to from being on the zoom calls and, so I was on. I was actually on the Spotify, and I said, "Oh, I just clicked on referee," and and then I see all these these uh, uh, different types of um, podcasts, and I saw yours, and and I listened to quite a few, and it was extraordinary. Mm. It really was. That that that's got to be weird. That um, I barely talk on these calls, but then you probably mm. my whole know my whole life story from the podcast. But it's it's a cool <laughs> role reversal for me because it gives me a time to like you know what. Let me just go behind the scenes and do mm-hmm. that. But I know Bernard has a question for you. Yes, sir. Yeah, man, I am so proud of you because from the day that we met and, and Ralph and I really do appreciate it so much that you get involved in, in getting on the calls with us and showing your commitment to becoming a better official and just learning the game and also your admiration of getting into the States and officiating. But tell me a little bit about uh, what have you been doing during the pandemic? Thank you, Mr. Bernard. So I've been doing over this pandemic, I just work after work after work, uh, stay consistent with that, to, to have a decent income to survive, support my family. Um, and then at the same time, I will work out majority of the time of my week. You know, I work out four to, I try to work out four to five days in the week, try to stay mentally and physically in shape. And on my spare time, I just go over officiating, officiating stuff. You know, I, I, I watch videos, I read books. I, I take the time, my own time, just to, to do that because I have a passion for, for refing. I just, just want to, I just want to get better, be a sponge. And um, that, that, that really sounds like something that we did last week when you said mentally and physically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah. We, we, we try to, Ralph and I do brainstorm and we got some topics that we're going to be coming back with because we're enjoying it on Thursdays. And like we said, as long as we got the bodies that are coming on, we're going to enjoy doing a lot of this and continuing mm-hmm. to do it. Because uh, we know that officials need to know a lot more about officiating than just getting a black and white shirt and walking onto a court. It takes a lot mm-hmm. more to become a good official when you do those things. Mm-hmm. Ralph, would you go ahead and take that next one for me? Yeah, of course. So um, obviously we heard what you're doing during the pandemic. Everything has been completely changed, uh, especially in the United States. And I think we're in such weird times for us that we, I, I don't even take the time to like, we'll see what's happening in the rest of North America or Asia or Europe, because we're just dealing with our own thing out here. Um, how were you holding up with the pandemic? Um, how's your family doing? And when was the moment that you took all of this real serious? Like when were you like, Oh, this is going to affect like me refing and what's the state of Canada right now? So the state right now is in terms of officiating, there's like, nothing happening at all. Um, you know, there, it, it's just one of those things where you, you, you have to, it's like they're taking a big step back and letting how everything plays out for, for the future. But, you know, we, we, they do, they do some zoom calls here and there 
-hmm. but um, it's not like, it's not really, it's not, I wouldn't say it's consistent, but it can be in terms of that. Aside from that, my, you know, my family, they're just hanging in there. It's not easy. You know, um, my parents are afraid. Um, and when they go to work, they just try to rush everything and, and they tell me I, I don't want to go to work. I just want to finish my shift ASAP and then come, come home. Aside from that, you know, for me, it's, it's, um, it can be tough, but I learned that if you stay positive and having good people around you, that helps a lot. So the moment that you took it real serious, was it when the NBA ended up postponing that particular game? And then that's when you realized that you personally would be affected, that you wouldn't be officiating anymore? Well, I, I remember, I remember last, I think in March, I was refereeing a tournament and it was like beginning of March and I was, and then my signer and my, my two signers, and then we had a meeting and then they saying we're shutting down. And I was like, Oh wow. And, and um, I just remember I was off work. I was off, you know, all my other games were canceled and I was, it was just a situation where everything was, was shut down. You know, um, stores were shut down, malls were shut down, uh, certain places were shut down. Like, Fun activities, places where you go to like a restaurant or even with the gathering with your friends, everything was, was shut down. So I remember during that, during like the past from April, no, from mid-March to let's say mid-June, it was those times I remember it was just <laughs> everything shut down. Right. So I literally, I, I, I'm not going to lie, I had some times where it was, it was tough, mm -hmm. but what kept me, what kept me going was I remember I asked my, my mentor saying, Hey, what can I do to get better as an official? What can I do to stick to just to stay around? And he told, and he, and that's where it all came to getting on these zoom calls. So, you know, where, where he, he kind of just, he just, he showed me and said, here, here you go. This is it. Stick. This is yours. And then I was like, okay. And I just stayed, I just stayed quiet, stayed silent. And, and I just um, went from there. Mm. And, and now this goes to the positive side, speaking with you guys now. We appreciate that, man. That, that really means a lot to us. Um, you know, just outside looking in, I'd be interested to hear what you have to think about uh, what's been happening here with all of the racial injustice that's been happening in the Americas. You know, particularly there's been a lot of protests and peaceful rallies around where Bernard and myself are from. What's that mm. vantage point like in Canada? And, and what are your initial thoughts on all the racial injustice that's happening? Well, it's as of right now, it's, um, it, I'll say the past, I remember June, June, July was a big month. There was a lot of, there was um, a lot going on. I actually did a protest for just for a running event. So we, everyone wore like a white shirt, had, had different um, names on with, with, with everyone, with things that are happening for, for, for justice. So I helped to support that to uh, run a 10 K and we just had, we just ran like a straight line in order and we just, you know, we were speaking, we we're just speaking out loud. And, and, um, I, this was like around mid July and I was just, I wanted to support, you know, I wanted to, to be out there. And aside from that, there's not a lot going on like right now, but during the summertime there was, I just know for a fact that everyone's just trying to figure out what's right, you know? Mm. So. Yeah, well, that's, that's good that you, you got involved. And, of course, we stand behind all the people that have lost their lives. Um, 
you know, yeah. just listening to you from these first couple of minutes of starting this podcast, we could tell that you have a deep passion into sports because, you know, everything is centered around you wanting to get back on that court. Um, and I know <laughs> I mentioned we spoke uh, earlier last night when I was telling you that I just got off the field of flag football. I'm just happy that mm-hmm. I got a little small slice of something that's socially distanced and appropriate mm-hmm. that I feel like at, le- at the very least I'm practicing something as opposed to just mentally thinking about it. But, you know, you got your passion somewhere along the way when you were young. Just talk about where are you from originally? Um, what did you play growing up? What did you play in middle school? What did you play in high school? What did you play in college? For sure. Uh, so I was born in Toronto, Toronto, Ontario. There's a northern area down where I was really born from was around King City, Stouffville. Growing up, it was there wasn't really a lot going on. Maybe one house I was like right here, and then there was a far house over there. I could just see the basketball court, and I remember just going behind my backyard, and I just and as a, as a teenager and as a young kid, I would just walk to the park when there was no houses. There was it was just like just grass. And now, over construction and rebuilding, now it's I recently moved my family a couple of years ago, and that old house that we were staying at, um, now it's full. It's a full packed house system where there's there's houses together. They created a lot of more parks. So speaking of that, with sports wise, um, from middle, from elementary, I was a big fan of running. So I love track and field. I love cross country. And then I played basketball when I was in grade seven. And and then I remember when I went to high school. I went to a high school named Thornley Secondary School. I remember growing up, I wasn't really a good basketball player, but I was determined to to at least get on a team and to, to, to make it. I mean, those times where I felt down, even as a player, because I just wasn't, I didn't have this, the, like the athletic skill set, but I was willing to, to get better as a player. I, I remember in grade nine, I got cut. I didn't make the team. I was so upset. I was really emotional. So I remember during the summertime, I just went to the park. I didn't know programs. My, my family didn't know programs. So uh, I remember just, I would stay in hours and hours. And I was 13, just 13, 14 years old, just to get shots up and, and to get better. And then recent down, then when I was in grade 10, I made my team. I was very happy, and um, aside from that, uh, I made the cross country team, track and field team, and and, and I just um, I did I did a lot of sports in high school. I just, that was my three main main, main sports: track, track and field, cross country, and basketball. Mm. So, well, listen, just somebody from the provinces. So, you know, I think about half of my family they're in Ontario too because oh, nice. in the sixties they either went to California, New York, mm-hmm. if they couldn't get their visa, they always went up north to Toronto. So I have a lot of family over there, but you know, I wow. find it interesting that you didn't have a gravitation towards hockey. That's the crown jewel. Of <laughs> no, <laughs> um, I could never get into, I, I, growing up, I could never get into to hockey. I, I don't know what it was. I mean, I remember going with my friends to some hockey games and I, I, I enjoyed it. You know, good time. But I just never, it never hit me, you know, and just never like, I'm in love with the game, you know. I just, mm. I, just I, I went for like entertainment, I watch, but I just could never, could never get into it. Mm. Now, yeah. since you have a runner's background, I, I do know that that is such a beneficial thing towards the game of officiating. But, you know, before we get into you starting as an official, what was your perception of officials? I'm assuming that you're a Raptor fan and a Blue Jays fan. What was your perception of officials as a spectator and, of course, as playing sports growing up? 
I remember if I go up, say I'm in the post and I make a move and, or if I'm driving to the basket and, and I was never really that kind of guy where like, I'd be like, Oh darn. And then I run back. I'll never be one of those guys as a player saying, ref, why, what I do? I actually, I remember even when I was in grade 12, I asked, I, you create that little relationship. And it's like, I'll ask a guy that I know that ref many of my games in high school. And even at, at the, when I was in, going to college, um, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll ask, hey, um, especially from the, from the side of the free, free throw line, you know, just ask a question. So um, was I in a bad legal position? And he'll tell me, and he's like, yeah, you, yeah, I slightly got him. You got him aside. I was like, oh, okay, okay. So um, really and truly, I just, I always, I always have respect no matter what. So. Go ahead, B. Yeah. yeah. So listening to all of that, <clears throat> what got you into officiating basketball? Tell me a little bit of story about what made you feel like officiating basketball was going to be something that was going to catch your ear, eye, and your energy from all the things that you do. Thanks, Brian, for that question. I remember a couple of years ago, this was in 2013, 2014, thanks to my one of my coaches, he gave me an opportunity to play in a pro-am when I was 22 or 23 years old. And I remember playing in that, that atmosphere and the, the whole, um, the whole system, especially in the summertime where it was big, especially in Toronto, it was a lot, a lot was going on at that time. Drake had his big, his big tournament. There was a lot of great, great leagues going on. And I was a part of that playing. So I remember when, I knew from some officials, like, every time they see me, I'll say, hello, how you doing? And, and then that time, I was 23 or 24. They said to me, hi, man, you should get into refing. I was like, I was kind of like, I was so focused on the time of game, game and playing. And he just grabbed my whole arm and said, he was like saying to me, no, seriously, you should, you should get into this game. And I was yeah. I said, I'll talk to you after the game. <laughs> I said, because I was trying to get warmed up and, and then – and then he came back to me after and he said, you know what, Adam, like, you should get into this. Think about it. Think about this really, really hard. And, I th- and he even said, like, it, it's, it'll take time, but the journey is amazing. Well, did, and, you think of, did you think of it as dollars and cents or you thought of it as a passion for something that you really wanted? I look at it as a passion to something that I would really, really want. I didn't, I didn't look – I mean, there is so many purposes towards – towards the whole income side but i um i looked at it as just uh the the journey aspect of how you can can to start so um that's where it really came down to and then the year after i i registered to become a, a referee and i t- and the whole process was was quite uh interesting I have yeah. to say. well how long have you been officiating now so as of right now, I'm turning 29 next week, and I started officiating from the age of 24, 25. So I could say almost four and a half years. Okay. So, yeah, almost four and a half years. So. And, and, and as you've been doing that for four and a half years, what level of basketball have you done? in that last, you know, four and a half years? So as of right now, just really high-level high school basketball. Uh, we have rep house leagues, club ball, um, OBA, OBL, and um, in terms of – and then 
last year I did I went hardcore in the camps. I had a great opportunity officiating in a in a in a pro game level camp at which I was really Yeah, I was gonna ask you yeah. a few questions about that. Yeah. You know, so we'll get to that in a little yeah. bit. Yeah. You know, but what are some of your goals? As of right now, my goal is towards well, as of right now, I just want to continue. First of all, I want to I want to continue getting through through this through this year, and moving forward into officiating. Um, my main goal is to to officiate in the states. I want to obtain a journey down there, and of course in Canada, and then down the road, I want to pursue into getting to officiating in the Juco level, the D3, D2, D1, and then work my way from there. Well, that's, those are great goals. And, and as we said, and, and we've spoken many times, and yes. we're looking, both of us here are looking to help you and all of those goals that we can do to help you get to some of those goals. I know you spoke a little bit about camps. You and I have spoken about camps already. Mm-hmm. How many camps have you attended? And 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 uh, tell me a little bit about that. And then I'll tell you a little bit about where I see you going with a camp when it comes to the states, if that's okay with you. For sure, definitely. Uh, last year, I did between four to five camps, and it it was mostly for the ones with uh, with my board that I appreciate with. Very very important. They have to go, and I kind of went on my way last year. To, to driving like to Niagara Falls and taking the time to stay down in a hotel for the weekend and 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 being there. So the camps, one of the camps last year I went, I was really surprised, but I wasn't like it didn't hit me like whoa. I just I just went through the, I just went through the motion and and did it. So this camp um, was called a Pink Classic for 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 breast cancer tournament, and I thought it was going to be. I remember in the meeting. There was nothing towards about what kind of level of ball it is. I didn't care. I just went there. I remember we had a four-hour meeting on a Friday night. And then and I remember my, my partner, we meet uh, 30 minutes, hour before, free pregame. And then we're ready to go. And then I realized no one told me, like, no, I got excited for my game, though, but no one told me what kind of game this is. This is – this is, I thought it was going to be a girls' basketball game, maybe 15, 16. This turned out to be a men, best Toronto ballers in the city. So I was like, oh, okay, here we go. I just and just went from the motion from there. And, and I remember it was, it was interesting. It was quite, it was those some challenges, but I've, I learned a lot. I learned so much. I learned just from that camp and even from that, from those two days, it was, it was just awesome. And I remember every time there was a lot of evaluators on there, just telling me, you're, you're, you're be 45, put your shoulders this way, stay, stand straight, stand tall, core strong. And I was like, okay. And I just, and I hustled, I hustled. And then I remember every time out, um, everyone would gather, even when the game's going on, like all their officials will just gather and I'll just, try to keep my shoulders back and I'm just, just be a sponge and listen. But that was a, I remember that camp. That was a really, um, that was a really good camp. Cause it was well, I, I, it sounds, it sounds as you have enjoyed it and, and just knowing you a little bit and speaking to you a little bit, I could see the observers talking to you and you being a sponge to learning a lot about it. Who are some of your mentors and list them 
and how do you, how do they shape you in the ways that you have, you've been able to help other people? You know, uh, how were you able to get help from those mentors and things like that? Give us a little bit of background about that. So this is guy that um he's been he's been part of the board. He's also part of IABLE standing committees, and he goes by the name of Tim Lorraine. He's helped me a lot to this point. You know, I can always there's times where I can always um can always talk to him if I'm if I get emotional about certain things. And I remember just the journey with with everything. He would he would um he would help me when there's times where it's really really tough, especially in in certain situations and games I had in the past. Even when the whole thing when, when I even started officiating, he would always um he would be, he was the one that 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 just just helped me you know and say hey um we doing this weekend. I'm like, I just, I have this game and that game. It's okay. Well, do you want to run for another five games? I was like, Oh, (laughs) okay. (laughs) And the fact that he's um, on top of the board and my department and and he just, you know, he really helped me to this point. And and then as a referee and as a person, um, I remember when I'm doing like hostly games and this first year officials, they'll come in and I'll, I'll tell them like, you know, try to don't put a two here, try to, be, if you're if you're going to signal to to report, I try to put the, the number top of your eyebrow. I'll just try to do stuff like that just to to encourage other officials, especially during if I have to do five games during the day, U17, and then I gotta do it mostly for kids. And I'll regardless, I'll still do it because I I want to I want to get better, and that's and that's the way how it goes. Yeah, before I let Ralph ask you the next question, what what is your expectation to get from a mentor? My expectations? Yes. What would you look for in a mentor? What I look for, I think the biggest thing was is um communication. That's my biggest thing, communication. Um, always being consistent with, with the development as, as, as where you want to go. I think that's, that's so important because um, I see, especially from I see on my end, you know, um, you really have to reach out to your mentor. You really have to, you know, have a have a open relationship. And then even with some, even if someone else is new that c- comes upon your late your journey, I know you you have to. It's the only way you have to you have to create that that strong communication with them, and, and it can lead a long, 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 long way. That's how I look at as a mentor, and, and and then that way he can trust you. I think that's really important. Good. Ralph, you go ahead. Ask yeah, I, I feel like that was a little interview for us to be his mentors coming, coming <laughs> over here. Uh, you know, what I wanted to ask you is that the climate is so different now because of the coronavirus and um, mm. how everything's kind of cobbled together. Not everybody's officiating. Not everyone has the uh, the fortunate circumstance to be in a bubble or be at mm-hmm. the Division One level to officiate. But, you know, with that looming, first I wanted to ask you, what do you think is the path to get here to the United States? What do you think you're going to have to do? How has coronavirus presented challenges for you to get here? And also, what's your gravitational pull towards the United States. Why not just try to make a name for yourself in Canada? Just out of my own curiosity. That's a great question. Well, first of all, um, I know that to in order to officiate in the states, you need a temporary card. You need to. I feel like um, you need you need that support and help. Uh, you know, for me to to come down there, I, I need that help and support one hundred percent. 
Um, that's why I just, you know, like being being on here with you guys is is a is an amazing opportunity. I feel like there'll be more opportunities to officiate down there because of the level of ball, the community down there. It's huge, and I feel like it's it's a it's a big it's a big challenge, but I'm willing to do it. Um, I really am. It's just I feel like if I can do that and stay consistent, find that path, and um, keep keep staying positive towards this time, I think that that's the key. So, and in terms of you know, um, when you're talking about fishing as well in Canada, there is definitely opportunities, but not as opportunities I find in the states. Now, having said that, do you think you would ever? Uh try to officiate any other sports aside from basketball? I actually never thought about that, no. You should. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I should never thought about that. <laughs> yeah. Just to let you know, a lot of the officials in New York, especially, and I could even say Connecticut as well, a lot of them do three sports. Wow. They all, and I mean, and Ralph is doing some like six sometimes. He's doing volleyball. He's doing, you know, flag football. He's doing wow. basketball. He's doing baseball, wow. you know. So it is an art to getting in because the mentality of officiating is officiating. That means you have a certain mentality or grit with yourself. So mm-hmm. it be, so it be basketball, baseball, or football. You have to make a call, mm-hmm. and when you make that call, you have to stand by the call you made. And as we say in the referee, basketball referee community, don't make a call you cannot explain. Mm. So regardless of what Mm -hmm. sport you're in, when you blow the whistle, again, another terminology I use, you're on canted camera. And once you blow it, you're on canted camera. Now you have to sell it in your mechanics. And sometimes you have to verbally talk it. So... I, I think it's a great opportunity for you to also think about as you're thinking about the journey you and I have spoken upon mm-hmm. uh, coming to the States. You may start thinking about, you know, getting your feet wet in other areas of officiating mm-hmm. with this way to help you. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. Having 100%. said that, if, if you could just, if you could think just off the top of your head, what sport do you think you'd officiate and why? Um, damn, you really haven't thought about it. (laughs) No, (laughs) no, (laughs) No, I got to take some time with that one. (laughs) Well, here, let's put it this way. If I, if I had to give you a little elevator pitch as to why I do multiple sports for one thing, let's be real. If you do like 10 games, you can't get burnt out as much as you love the game. There'll be them days where you do nine games and you know, you got seven the next day. It's not yeah. one of those things where you're like, oh, I love the game. I don't, it's, it, it has a mental tax to it. So for me, right. it's sure. a brief respite. The fact that, um, you know, for one, baseball, you're wearing different equipment, you're doing different mm-hmm. techniques, and there's no whistle. So all you are left to the devices of your body and your voice in order for you to convey what it's doing. The patience that you mm-hmm. attain from doing something like baseball is no other because you can't simulate an 86-mile-per-hour fastball coming to you in the game of basketball, it's just not like that. And then you think no. about you think about football, when Bernard mentioned grit, you know, something when, when there's a, a sideways rainstorm and it's 38 degrees and it's not cold enough for it to be snow, but it's warm enough to ruin your day and mm-hmm. your socks are just soaked, 
it makes you want to love basketball. You know what I'm saying? So those, (laughs) all of those moments to me, it it, kind of keeps you engaged in different ways. And the fact that, you know, you mentioned last night of just knowing different rules to me, it's like, it's like, you know, that's why I made referee ramp because it's such a great thing Mm -hmm. that it keeps me mentally sharp and of course, physically fit. Mm -hmm. Um, But back to you, after everything you said, what do you think of the attributes? What do you think it took to get to where you are at this moment in time as a basketball official? I think it's just hard work, you know, hard work, consistency, consistency, hard work, determination, having an open mind to just listen. And that's really, really important. And the journey official, I look back, even when I started, I remember when I had a full-time job and I'd work, I'd say I worked a job from like 6 a.m. and I finished at 7 p.m. at night and then Monday to Friday. And then the weekend I would, I got assigned to like do eight games on a Saturday and Sunday, six games. To be honest with you, I look look forward to that on that weekend compared to when I'm working my job. And, and this was a while back ago. And, and, and I remember those games I was doing, you know, it was, it was a startup of just doing kids games, house leagues. And I, I, I remember when I started, I just, I just wanted to stay consistent. You know, I wanted to keep going. And then, and then I realized, I think the biggest thing I realized was when, when I went to camps, which was uh, last year, and, and then I started in the year before, I just remember that that's where it really, really comes down. You see a different um, a tone where a lot of officials are, are like, some of them are extremely in great shape. They, they, their hustle and their ability to move. And, and I was watching that really, really hard. And, and I was like, wow, this is the way how they, they take that, that stride or that, that, that fast step on a fast break to get to lead or on a trail or slot position. And it really hit me, you know, I really, really, and that's where, that's where I realized, man, I gotta, I gotta change my, my, my mental and my physical approach because mm-hmm. At one point, I felt as an official when I started, I wasn't really in that, like, I wasn't really, I, I felt I wasn't in that, that great referee shit, to be honest with you, until mm-hmm. I started realizing, I got, if I want to, if, if you really want this, you got to, you got to change your, your approach. And, um, and that's where it comes down to. And that's where I want. And, and, um, and that's where I, um, I started taking that different approach. Mm. Um, aside from a temporary visa, what do you think it's going to take to get to where you want to go? And ultimately, where do you want to go? Well, first, I want to experience um, coming down to the States and go to camps. I think that's the biggest thing, um, especially for a Canadian official and to, to network and to, to understand the system of where things are, are. And especially, um, I remember I was talking to Mr. Bernard about about um, what he has in store in, in, in the city of New York and and with um, experiences, opportunities, and camps and and I feel like that's uh, that would be an amazing opportunity and and um, I want to that's a, that's where my my set goal. Well, let, my me, set goals. Let, me, let me interrupt you for a quick second and say this yep. too. One thing you got to remember is, regardless if you're from Canada. <clears throat> London, mm-hmm. Long Island, yeah. or the Bronx, who are still an official. Mm-hmm. So don't look at it as a guy from Canada. Just look at yourself as an official mm-hmm. 
and think positive in that aspect. Mm-hmm. And while you're doing your job as an official, they're not going to ask where you're from. They're going to know whether or not you can officiate. Mm-hmm. Because if you can officiate, you can go anywhere. Because if you can drive a vehicle, you can drive a vehicle in any country. Yes, if yes, yes. So yeah. if you can officiate, you think in that positive mindset that I'm here to officiate, I'm here to learn, I'm here to enhance my refereeing community, and that's how you think mm-hmm. in that aspect. Okay? Yep. Yeah, listen, that's good advice. I mean, I still think that I'm from Long Island, and I have that chip on my shoulder when I go to New York City. So, <laughs> and, he ain't, he, and he's not from New York. He's not from Long Island no more. He's from Referee Man. Oh, oh boy, here we go. Um, if you can, in your career thus far, if you can describe your most sticky situation that you've ever had as a basketball official. Um, it was actually this year when I had the opportunity to officiate in a semifinals playoff game. And um, sticky situation was when um, this was a two-person game. And I was on the trail trail position and there was there was a lot going on in this play and and there was there was so much happening there was a there was an eagle screen and the same time there was there was a bumping head where two guys hit each other in the, in the face and I can't I just I wanted I just put my hand up stop the clock immediately because it was it was a situation where two guys just bumped heads so hard and they're bleeding so I just immediately stopped the game but then my partner, you know, saw the coach coming up. She was really upset. And he's like, why did you stop the game? Why did you stop the game? And so I explained to him that I stopped the game because of the situation of two guys. Um, I didn't say the, the, the whole referee interpretation, but I was saying to him that the reason why I stopped the game, because, yes, it could have been – yes, it would, could, in my head it could have been a legal screen, but at the same time it was physical contact between like, – they were trying to – they're trying to, for my member, they're trying to battle through that screen, but they just collapsed head to head, and it was really, it looked really painful. So I just stopped the game, tweet, stopped the game, and it was a situation. It was, it was a legal screen. Yes, it could have been a screen, but I was that was a situation where I felt like I could have, I could have handled that better. But I felt like it was the right thing to do because these, it was just it looked really painful, and they're on the ground, and and but I when the coach was just he was fire at me and and I just and I told him I, I stopped the game because two players collide to each other we won't, I had to I had to so that's great but, um, yeah that's great because you know as an official you think of safety first yeah. and sometimes you may have to use that terminology and you can say you know advantage disadvantage safety first and that's why you did what you did. So that's a great learning yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah. I got two questions I like to finish up with. And and I would like to ask, what is your best accomplishment in a as a player? And what do you think so far? What is one of your better compliments accomplishments that you had as an official? As a player, oh man, I, I have to say the honor to play in uh, the OVO tournament. Uh, a couple of years ago, I would say in the year 20, 2014 and twenty fifteen, that was that was amazing. That was uh, those good times. That was a uh, it was um, 
I played for a really strong team. I remember I tried out for it, and, and uh, I, I remember I, I didn't knew I was going to make it, but I remember just trying out, do what I had to do, and, and the coaching staff liked me, and I thought I was a good positive attitude guy, and, and they just – I put this – I saw my name on the list, and I was like, wow. And um, that, was an, that was an amazing experience, you know. Um, I remember seeing guys like Amir Johnson, Brian Jennings, um, just on the court. It was – it was phenomenal. Lou Williams was there when he was in, when he was back then. He was playing for Toronto, and it was just a really cool experience. So yeah, it was it was great. Um, in terms of officiating, I'd say in terms of officiating, it's always been. I look at it as a journey. You know, I I, I can't say you know, because like honestly, I haven't I haven't really gone to where I want to get. So I just look at it as a journey to what I need to do. And just to get better, and um, and being a sponge. That's great. Yeah, Ralph. Yeah, I got one more final question. Um, I could just tell how much passion you have by the absence of officiating. <laughs> how much you really are are, are brimming uh, just to get back on the court to do something, and and you can mm. tell how engaged you are on the Zoom calls. I mean, the fact that you're on this podcast really goes to show how much passion you have. Final question I had for you is: What does officiating mean to you? What is officiating given to you in your life serving the game serving the game the right way and you know when you sick uh my sure it was on Bernard's zoom calls or i feel like serving the game is like it's like when you work in retail you know you you, you gotta you gotta it's like you want to help customers you know i've been working with like retail is on my one of my jobs and I, I i i know the feeling that when you when you when you when you serve a product you 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 accomplish the product. That's how I look at it, serving the game. Yeah, man. Listen, um, I, I'll say that if, if you're trying to get to the States, I can't really account for um, any other regions, but I will say mm-hmm. that you are in good hands when it comes to Bernard and myself. Our network is very long, and like I said, mm-hmm. opening invitation. Um, I'm pretty sure Bernard will get you started in this area. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of great basketball out here. And also further, if you do decide to do any other sports, Outside of basketball, I could definitely point you to the right direction. Um, thank you. Thank you. Um, definitely going to see you next Thursday on our call. Mm-hmm. Any final words you want to say before we part ways? First off, I want to thank you, Bernard and Ralph, for this um, for this opportunity to be on this to to do this with you guys. And this means a lot to me. Just want to let you know this, this really means a lot to me. So I really thank you both. Cool. Absolutely. I appreciate you taking the time out to spend with us, mm-hmm. sharing a moment of who you are and allowing us to hear. And obviously we do have a lot of big network that's hearing this and just knowing that we're proud to be in touch with you all the mm-hmm. way from Canada mm-hmm. and we can reach out to others and, and hopefully others may want to share their basketball experience or their officiating experience. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And Ralph does a super job in Mm -hmm. building this all together and networking us. So I'm just happy to be part of it. And I'm glad that we met and we built this bond. We consider you someone that we both mentor and we will continue to do that. We look forward to working with you. Thank you guys. Yeah, listen, final thing I wanted to say, uh, the podcast, the foundation of all of this was always like, you know, when I first started it, I hope one day somewhere outside of Long Island in New York, somebody will be affected by it and gets a mm-hmm. chance to listen to other people's stories because 
you know, refereeing to me is like piecemeal. Like you might meet somebody and you only get to speak to them for 20 minutes because when you're refereeing, it's like watching a movie. You're not like talking mm-hmm. while you're watching the movie. You're watching the movie and then we could talk like during the break. So for me, mm-hmm. this has always been like the pregame and the postgame on steroids. And hopefully people got a chance to listen to it, um, you know, if they're really serious about it or just want to be entertained. So mm-hmm. to me, you're just another case study in that my, my experiment, my, my scientific mm-hmm. um, thought in my mind was, was a, a realization. So, you know, I thank you. Continued success. And like I said, anytime you want to reach out, I'll be on WhatsApp now for you. No, I'm not really Thanks, on that. That's, <laughs> Thanks, man. I'll be on that for you. But uh, for Bernard Bowen, my eternal collaborator, for Adam Zoni, this is Ralph the Ref. This is The Rant. We are signing out. Peace.